Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hello, folks. Dick Rail here with your podcast, Are You a Fan? Give us a like, follow, share, and, you know, maybe stick around. Okay. Question for the fans and question for my co-host, Joker. What's that? If you were a serial killer, what would be your, like, calling card, like, sign or your gimmick? Like what you leave behind? Leave behind in that, what you maybe take. I definitely kind of like the idea, especially as a serial killer, doing kind of like Wilson Fisk in the Daredevil movie, using the roses, leaving those behind. Because it kind of... It's classy, but it doesn't necessarily fit with the serial killer trope. Oh, yeah. So it kinda, throw, it's a nice contradiction. Throws them off a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I feel like I'd become, like, the collector. I just, like, I take a different, like, piece of the person each time. And that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, be like a hunting trophy. I definitely would not stick around and do some ritualistic, like, setup thing that some serial killers do. It's like... I don't know why I got caught. I only touched everything with no gloves. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, that brings us into this week's character, Carnage, a.k.a. Cletus Cassidy. <sighs> the names. <laughs> My arch nemesis. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, we got real world origins. Carnage would first appear in a cameo appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man Issue number 359, February 1992. And his first main appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 361, April 1992. And was created by writer David uh, Michelin and artist Mark Bagley. Although the first published artwork of Carnage was penciled by Chris Marinin. The host, Cletus, would actually appear a year earlier in The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 344 in March of 1991 and is the first and most infamous host of Carnage. Which, that's actually kind of cool because that's that's like a full year before the Carnage symbiote got in the mix. Yep. So, that's a... Uh, you know, that's nice, That's kind of nice detail, like planning ahead and being like, oh, no, he's existed. He's universe. in here somewhere already. We're just going to add to him. Yeah, no, I, that's actually pretty beautiful to me, I think. And Cletus is actually older than us. His, his appearance came in before Mark. we were born. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, what was that, like three, four months older than me? Five? God, I don't know how dates work. Five. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Real shotgun approach to guessing, but you know. Okay. Originated as an offspring of Venom, Carnage is much more powerful than their parent symbiote because of the symbiote's biology and is in many ways a darker version of him. Well, given who he's, who his host is, uh, I... You can only be darker. Yeah. <laughs> um, the symbiote was perceived to be a darker version of Venom, and was created due to the writers not wanting a replacement for Eddie Brock as Venom. Yeah, which is good because he was an extremely popular character and you don't want to get rid of that. Yeah. That, you could really screw up your, your character's base. That is, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they decided to go the other route and be like, well, why don't we just have two of them? We'll keep our popular one and we'll add one. Which, I mean, arguably, Carnage's fame is uh, kind of gotten up there with Venom's. Especially now that the movie's like made him a thing again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Carnage was in part created due to Venom's immense popularity with fans. The character was originally meant to be named Chaos then Ravage, before being settled as Carnage. Which... I feel like Chaos is definitely the one that fits very well, too. Yeah, I, I Be- see Especially what... between the first two names. Like, Chaos fits so much better than Ravage. Yeah, that I definitely... Odd. Chaos, definitely... I definitely feel like that was a close toss-up to Carnage. Oh, yeah. And I, like, yeah, Ravage... <sighs> That one just seems like really random in here. Also, just knowing who the character is in the comics, I doubt he would use a word like that. Right. That just seems that seems like a more sophisticated villain's word. And Cletus Cassidy is no. Well, we'll we'll be getting into that shortly. Uh, rumor he was also rumored to be the uh, Marvel's version of the Joker, but as so was uh, Deadshot in the Deadshot episode. Go check us out. <laughs> we, it's one of those that's more hearsay than anything. Which makes sense at this point. That's what a lot of the rumors are with comics. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see it because the character is kind of like out there and crazy. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you know. I mean, at the same time, that's the only thing that really makes him anywhere near being similar to the Joker. Yeah, because, like, they even did a crossover with, like, Batman, Spider-Man, and Joker and Carnage, and Carnage was too much for the Joker because Carnage doesn't have nuance. Oh, God, no. Like, Joker wanted to, like, create this whole spectacle and bomb and, like, make a thing out of it, and Carnage was like, I'm just going to kill people. And that's even when Joker's like, ah, oh, I cannot have this dude as my partner. No. <laughs> Okay, moving on into in-world history. Early life. You want to take the... Yeah, I'll do this one. So going on, starting like we have in the past, where we're talking about the host first, and leading into his time become when he meets up with Carnage. Um, but as a real quick underlying thing to the entire character of uh, Cletus, is he's a sociopath and a homicidal sadist. And how he, uh, yeah, no, the, the character's pretty messed up. Uh, accounts of Cletus Cassidy's birth and childhood are known only through secondhand accounts, and Cassidy's own flawed recollection, uh, perpetually. Uh, okay, <sighs> accounts of Cletus uh, Cassidy's birth and childhood are known only through secondhand accounts and Cassidy's own flawed recollection. Perpetually, he was uh, born in the Ravencroft Institute to a mother with paranoid schizophrenia who died shortly after his birth. So, you know, already not great start for the guy. And that was one of those little different depending on the versions you look at. Because there's one I saw yesterday that his mother didn't die in childbirth. He ended up eventually killing her himself by stabbing her. Oh, dang. So... It kind of fits into the, we don't really know his backstory because it's just flawed recollections. Which? So we don't know which one's actually real. And for a character like this, it works. 
Yeah. Like, this isn't a character who would probably even remember their own backstory. So oh, yeah. Whatever comes to mind, that's what it is for the day. Yeah. He would be remanded into the custody of a physically abusive old woman who may or may not have been his biological grandmother. Uh, Cletus would kill her later on by pushing her down a flight of stairs. So, you know, Dang. we still have him killing people intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I what, mean, and from what I remember, that was pretty early on in his life. Too. Oh, like yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't in his double digits of life yet. Oh, no, no, no. He was definitely like the, the like height wise and after those of you out there, like like he had to be like below my waist. Like yeah, he was he was under 10. Yeah, he was a child who <laughs> is already murdering. I mean, you know, dang it. Kids hanging the ground running. <laughs> got to start that career early if you hope to be among the greats. <laughs> Cletus was subsequently sent to live with Roscoe and Louise, who were either foster parents or his biological father and stepmother. While in their care, Cletus tortured and killed his mother's dog, Fifi. Which, as messed up as that sounds, I feel like, you know, a bit of a step down from human killing. <laughs> Like that, I feel like that he, depends on society because most society frowns much more on animal killing than human killing. Well, like I, I almost feel like as far as serial killers go, I think he did it in reverse because most serial killers start out yeah, they usually with start the animals, with, yeah. and then but work they also their usually way. start with just random birds, rats. They don't start with your mom's dog. True. I mean, Cleus Cassie, like, like. Dude stepping up his game from the get-go. But, but they really wanted to make sure he was not a uh, redeemable character. Oh, no, 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 no. Killing a dog? That's a quick way to lose the fans. Okay. So Afterward, Roscoe will... So this one gets a little confusing and back and forth. Um, okay. Roscoe would kill Luis either by accident while beating Cletus or while trying to stop Luis from killing Cletus for him killing her dog. Regardless, Roscoe would be arrested and receive no defense from Cletus during his trial, being sentenced to execution. After this, Cletus would be sent to the St. S's Home for Boys. Wow, that is a, that is a chaotic situation. That, that sounds like a legitimate court case of a murder spouse situation. Oh, yeah. Just lie here, says, and the kids just staying quiet the whole time. Come on, Billy. Help your old man out. I mean, makes me wonder if it was, if he was being quiet, if it was the accident while being beaten. Ah, yeah. You know, he didn't want to, didn't really want to recollect himself getting beat. That, or he just didn't care. I, I mean, either way, I definitely agree with the second part. <laughs> okay, so at some point in his teenage years, he fell in love with a girl who ultimately broke up with him leaving him depressed. When Cletus confessed his feelings to a girl he had a crush on, he was scornfully rejected and retaliated by pushing her in front of an oncoming bus. That's a bit intense. Now, that is not how you deal with rejection. <laughs> that is not. Of course, I mean, you know, nowadays, uh, some kids, some boys will just shoot you. I mean, that might be a little better than getting thrown in front of a bus. I might, might hurt a little less. 
quicker. Yeah, I guess. Well, that and if you don't die from either one, I'd rather be not dying from a gunshot than getting hit by a bus. Mm, yeah, foul. Oh, that's going to be very brutal. That's a lot of broken bones. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of hospital bedtime. So, ultimately, Cletus would end up setting fire to the St. S's boy, uh, home for boys, murdering the disciplinary administration and orphans who, who had bullied him in the process. So, he's really just racking up that kill count very quickly. Dang, dude. This guy's putting all the other serial killers to shame. Suck it, Jack the Ripper. I mean, at this point, he's still only a teen. Impressive. (laughs) Dang, that is like, that is pretty impressive. Uh, Also, you know, another case for maybe don't bully kids. Maybe uh, be nice to that quiet one. Yeah, there's a lot that we've already talked about that really advocates for don't bully. Yeah, the like comics were really trying to get that like through. (laughs) Unfortunately, Ones reading it were the ones being bullied, so didn't a hundred. They kind of gave them the ideas of what to do to their bullies. Yeah, huh. that explains a lot about our society today. Doesn't it though? <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on, I guess. As an adult, Cletus would become a notorious cannibalistic serial killer. So he just took the serial killer and even raised it up a little bit. I mean, I feel like when you start out killing as young as he did, like when you become an adult, it's like when you turn 21, you're like, well, I started drinking while I was 14, so alcohol is not going to do it. Let's get some Everclear. (laughs) Let's just keep raising the stakes. And that's what Cletus Cassidy did. Uh, He would ultimately be arrested and sentenced to 11 consecutive terms at Rikers Island. Though he bragged about having killed a dozen more people. You know, like serial killers do. Yeah. They like to brag about it, especially ones they don't get caught. Oh, yeah. He would see an opportunity for early parole present itself in the form of his new cellmate, Eddie Brock, who claimed to be a former host of an extraterrestrial symbiote once bonded to Spider-Man, having been separated from it during a battle with Spider-Man and other supervillains. So, my biggest question on this, what did Eddie Brock do to get put in prison? Or is it just a, I think, at this point, he because he was Venom already, it was just he got caught for something? I think it was the Venom factor, because, uh, like, everybody, like, at a certain point, his identity wasn't secret as Venom. Like, it was... Oh, the villains never have a secret identity. Yeah. So, when I think when they finally separated him from the Venom symbiote, they just, they're like, you've killed people. You've done a lot of damage. We have to arrest you. And that, if I remember correctly in the original story plot, that's kind of how it goes, is he... That makes sense. Yeah, gets sent to prison for that, so... Cletus would dismiss Brock's claims of being Venom and that that the symbiote would return for him as a delusion and attempted to convert Brock to his nihilistic and homicidal philosophy on life. Um, Even the average person can commit murder if if only he has the courage. Brock would be disgusted by Cassidy's worldview and quickly developed an antagonistic relationship with his cellmate, brutally beating him on on multiple occasions as well. Dang. Which, I mean, okay, I get Cleus Cassidy not believing Brock because that's a lot to drop on. It really is. Drop on your cellmate. Like, yeah, you know, I used to be possessed by an alien symbiote. 
and uh, be a threat to Spider-Man. Just slide away from that guy. But part of me at the same time is like, do you not watch the news? True. Because at that point, he had been on the news at least once. True. I was like, if he's not watching TV, that would make sense, I guess. But we got to wonder how long Cletus was in there and what his... Yeah, if he's a TV watcher or not. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Eddie, uh, makes sense that Eddie could beat him up, though, because Eddie was no slouch, even without the Venom symbiote. Which is funny to think about when you always see, like, his movie incarnations or game incarnations. Like, Eddie looks like a little wimp. Yeah. Like, he does not look like he could do anything to anyone. <laughs> right? That's uh, actually kind of why I like uh, the, what is it, Tom Hardy? The... the new current Venom? Yeah. Eddie Brock? Because I like him because he at least he at least looks bulkier than the previous reincarnation. Well, when you get a guy that was bulked up to be Bane. Yeah. Uh, he is like the perfect fit for what Eddie Brock was in the comics. Exactly. Like he looks like he could like fight. But I get why he's hesitant to when guys have guns on him and he doesn't know he can heal. Right. It's like put your hands down. Don't put your hands up. You're making us look like cowards. Okay, I guess moving on. Um, Becoming Carnage. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, belt. (laughs) Fed up with his cellmate's disdain towards him, Cletus decided to murder Eddie using a shiv he created. Before he would do so, the Venom symbiote entered their cell through the window and bonded to Brock, who transformed into Venom once more incited a destructive and incited a destructive jailbreak. Huh. Unknown to his human host, the symbiote was pregnant and gave birth during the disastrous rescue. Which they are asexual creatures, so that's kind of how that works. More just makes me wonder, when did it give birth and how? Did did they just like fall off? They kind of do. It's kind of like a... (laughs) It's, I don't have a camera to really show what I'm doing here, people, but uh, making they kind of just like squirt out. Like, it's a have you ever seen cells separate? <laughs> kind of like that would be the best way to describe it. Moving on, <laughs> kids, ask your parents. Oh, please don't. <laughs> okay. Um. Being left behind in the midst of the riot that ensued, the symbiote spawns bonded with Cassidy, entering into his bloodstream through a cut on his hand and amalgamating with his blood. And that's kind of where the red comes from. Yep, because it's his blood that is really kind of expanding out of him. Yeah. Carnage is a very dark concept on the fact that it literally is his blood oh yeah and it's also one of those like because a lot of people have been asking like do the colors mean anything and that um no they really they really don't the only reason carnage is red is because of the blood factor it doesn't really all it doesn't affect what his power set is no because i don't know if it's anything further down i think it was when we talked about the powers but he kind of carnage retains a lot of the stuff that venom had yeah. Being its offspring. That's basically the whole gist of it. Okay. Um, empowered far beyond the level of Spider-Man and Venom combined, Cassidy dubbed himself Carnage 
Ed made good his escape. Intent on using his newfound power to disseminate his lethal doctrine, his first victim, a security guard named Ramon, he pulled through the bars of his cell. Dang. Yeah, that that is a brutal way to go. (laughs) That really is. I'm pretty sure I know what it means by being pulled through. Same. (laughs) The the second, uh, Gunther, Gunther Stan being chosen from a telephone book which i, I do like how the second one was just a completely random person yeah like, there was nothing to it that like, is we're just gonna open this book and pick a name that's gotta be bad that's just bad luck that's horrible luck so hopefully he didn't get pulled through some bars and maybe a little less painful true true hopefully oh god <laughs> Uh, embarking on a citywide killing spree, Carnage would be confronted by Spider-Man. However, the wall crawler's amazing arachnid-like abilities were insufficient to subdue the thrice-strong serial killer. Because, you know, someone who's stronger than you and your biggest rival combined, yeah. you ain't gonna do nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, um, Venom is technically stronger than Spider-Man, when he's views with Eddie, and to know that this thing is stronger than Venom. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you sit down, kid. Sit down. You, you ain't winning this one, Pete. Okay. Spider Man would seek help from the Fantastic Four, but eventually call upon Venom, who hated Carnage enough to set his hate for Spider Man aside. Which, I mean, I guess good, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yep. And it was definitely a, I am more angry at you, you not so much at the moment. Exactly. Like, I hate your face. And after this is done, I'm going to kill you. But I will help you for now. <laughs> Pretty much. Facing the combined might of Spider-Man and Venom, Carnage was captured and his symbiote seemingly destroyed. He was imprisoned first at the vault and then his birthplace, Ravencroft Institute. Oh, wow. They upped it to an institute. It was the beginning. Oh, that was like a... Oh, okay. My bad. But to go a little bit on the vault, um, the vault is an immense maximum security facility designed specifically to hold superhuman criminals and speci- had a specialized wing for extraterrestrial prisoners and is located in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. Yeah! Woo! That's where yeah. we live. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was part of another part of why I had to add that. It was like, <laughs> hey, cool, we got something in here. That is actually kind of awesome. Yeah, mile high. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess moving on. Uh, so that is kind of the end of... Um, Carnage and uh, become like Cleus Cassie becoming Carnage, and I'm sure there's going to be more in the future on his character. Heck, I know there's even more now, oh, still yeah. out there. But this is the history, so let's move on to some fun facts. So, the Cletus Cassidy version of Carnage has been ranked as IGN's 90th greatest comic book villain of all time. I mean, that ain't bad. There's a lot of villains out there, so. Oh, yeah. Like, you think 90th, and you're like, eh, but. Like, when you really think about how many villains there are out there. Yeah. That is not horrible. That's a pretty good spot to be. Guarantee he's not higher on the list because he's not a likable villain. Well, that, and he's not necessarily a mainstay villain either. True. He's kind of that side villain to a villain. 
True, he is kind of a package deal a lot of the time. Yeah, and I, I think that is a big part of it, where most of the top you know, 50 are all main villains to their heroes. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> okay. I mean, also, when half of that list is probably just Batman's villains alone. Yep. Okay, uh, let's get into his powers and abilities. All powers of the predecessor's first human host, Spider-Man. So, yeah. All the the web slinging, all that kind of fun stuff. Sticking on shit. Yeah, Yeah, basically like very like cousin to the spider. It's essentially red venom on that ability. (laughs) Yeah. So he also has limited shape-shifting and camouflage, as does Venom. However, I think Venom shape-shifting is more potent. Yeah, I figure this limited one is probably just being an offspring. They don't get as much of the main abilities as their parent symbiote. I could see that. Um, Okay, the symbiote's autonomous defense capabilities. Okay, that's kind of like when we were talking about the Venom symbiote. He can see basically 380 degrees all around him. And that, like, he's also able to create spikes to defend himself. He's yep. also self-healing. You know, all that kind of stuff that Venom had. Oh, yeah. And undetectable by Spider-Man Spider-Sense. Which he pro- obviously, again, gained from... Venom. Yep. Like, a very large portion of the main abilities are very Venom-esque because that's where he got them from. And moving on, uh, Noel's empowerment. Being bonded to an offshoot of the symbiote dragon known as the Grandal, metaphysically connected Cletus to the dark elder god Noel, effectively effectively turning Cletus into a demigod as that connection grew stronger. Oh, and I not, feel like that is definitely something that is much later in the story. That is... But uh, still knowing that he got connected to a symbiote dragon. Yeah, that is definitely... Um, the whole That whole thing is definitely like during the Null story plot, which only has come out in the past like three years, I think. But the symbiote dragon they did bring up, they're like, that's been on Earth for a long time. It's just kind of been under... Sl- that's the one that Thor slayed. Okay. If, I, if they're talking about the same dragon that got sent to Earth during that time, which makes, Probably. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, let's get into physical strengths. Carnage's strength is greater than Venom's and Spider-Man's combined. Carnage is able to press lift up to 80 tons. This is not his true limit, however. Oh, my God. As his strength increases with his size and variable muscle mass. Yeah, going into that, from what I saw, there was a, a moment where he got very, very large, like t- skyscraper size tall. Jeez. Because it's something, I think, if I remember correctly, it was something with the symbiote that can make him grow. And because of the special way that Cletus and Carnage bonded. Yeah. He was able to just expand exponentially. Jesus. Okay, that's insane. Also, uh, okay. Yeah, no, that, wow. Okay, let's go into weaknesses. Insanity. Even without the symbiote, Cletus is a diagnosed psychopath and is obsessed with chaos. His mental 
pathologies can also be exploited, allowing people to manipulate his actions. Which, that seems kind of, yeah. Yeah, that definitely tracks. That does. <laughs> um, also, electricity. The Grendel symbiote is immensely vulnerable to high voltages of electricity, which easily incapacitate it. Which is weird for a character who can also travel through power and phone lines. Well, it sounds like these last two are specific to the Grendel symbiote. Oh. So this is after he connects with that dragon. Mm. Damn, that would kind of suck to lose that power. Right? <laughs> Just like... Or what would suck is if you didn't know you suddenly gained a weakness to electricity. It's like, <laughs> don't worry, it. I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really poor way to learn about your oh, weakness. God, that would be terrible. Okay, uh, also Sonics, uh, the Grendel symbiote is vulnerable to loud noises, which incapacitate it and its offshoots. Which actually, the sound thing is, um, he's affected by sound even beforehand being just a symbiote. Makes me wonder if just the Grendel one, it became more susceptible to Sonics. Possibly, especially it being one of the fir first symbiotes that was created and being closer connected to the hammer that forged it into the sword. Yeah. Noel's got a whole thing about that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, basically, though, uh, I imagine fire and loud noises also are his weakness, as they are every symbiote's weakness. Makes sense. Which makes yeah. it real awkward when symbiotes connect to characters that use sound for their powers. Right. Okay. So now we're getting into the other media and all of his various appearances across social or yeah. <laughs> across the other forms of media. So starting with TV, he appears in the Spider-Man animated series, uh, Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, which would be voiced by D. Badley, Bradley Baker, who now is also more commonly known as the voice to the Star Wars clones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Would originally be said to appear in the third season of the Spectacular Spider-Man, but it was never produced. And I think he had a cameo in the second season of that show. Hmm. There was something else to it, but I, don't, I forgot to write it. Okay. Um, he also shows up in the Guardians of the Galaxy animated uh, cartoon. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It doesn't have a whole lot of... Spider-Man, the old animated series, and I think Spider-Man Limited is where he showed up the most in the cartoon. If I remember correctly, that is that is right. And the others were just kind of there. Well, because it's always been more... I feel like it's always been the... When a Spider-Man show or anything happens, they're like, we have to do Venom. And they're like, what about Carnage? If we have time. Yeah, that's definitely how it feels. They're like, no, we're doing Venom. And we will shoe in Carnage if we have the time. Yep. So, moving on to film. Um, so, back in 2014, following a hack into Sony Pictures, it was revealed that Emma Stone was in talks to return as the Gwen Stacy incarnation prior to the cancellation of the Spider-Man franchise, or the Amazing Spider-Man franchise with Andrew Garfield. Oh. So, apparently... We were supposed to have the... I didn't know Gwen Stacy had a Carnage incarnation. Yeah, I, I thought, thought she had Venom the Venom one. Yeah. But, huh. I mean, it's still pretty cool to think about. True. Um, oh, that would be cool. But, instead, Cleus Cassidy um, being portrayed by, what is it? 
I can't think of his name. Woody Harrelson. Woody, yeah, Woody. So Woody Harrelson appears first as Cleus Cassidy in the post-credit scene of the 2018 Venom, and return as the only live-action version in 2021 Venom Let There Be Carnage movie. Which I still am excited to see. Of course, I don't know. Maybe when you're listening to this, I've already seen it. <laughs> hey, you know, it's been a couple days, so some of our hands may have already watched this. True. But, you know, a nice little background to someone you've not seen. Exactly. <clears throat> now into the video games. Um, pretty much all of them are the incarnation of Cletus Cassidy and Carnage. Um, but he has appeared in 18 different games. Including The Amazing Spider-Man 2 back in 1992. Ah, yeah. The 2000 Spider-Man video game. Ultimate Spider-Man. The PSP version of Spider-Man Friend or Foe. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. And Marvel Avengers Alliance. Um, Both the phone games Marvel Contest of Champions and Marvel Future Fight. And like every other character, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. I'm telling you, we have yet to have a Marvel character not appear in that game. At least in one of the incarnations of their game. Yeah. Okay. Um, attraction? I said we ain't done yet. What? He, he's got a few more than most people. Okay. Wow. So he has an attraction or has appeared as a part of an attraction in 2002 Halloween Horror Nights. Universal Orlando's Islands of Adventure featured a haunted maze entitled Maximum Carnage. Oh, that would have been so fun to go to. Right? Oh, man. And like one of our past episodes, he even has a, uh, appears with a music, with a song. <laughs> um, the comedy rock group Green Jelly released a song called Carnage Rules for the album 333, which focuses on Carnage. It would later be used as a theme song for the video game Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage in 1994. Huh. Interesting. And then he also has some theater. Oh my god, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where the Cletus Cassidy incarnation of Carnage would appear in the Broadway musical Spider Man Turn Off the Dark. Played by Colin Baja. This version is a member of the Sinister Six. Boy, boy. He appeared in the infamously dangerous Spider-Man musical that got people, like, injured and paralyzed? Yeah. Holy cow, that's... Wow, there was carnage. Yes, yes, there was. Just not the carnage I think the people paid to go see. Oh, that's that's kind of sad. <laughs> okay, well, interesting character. Um, tell me, you a fan? Yeah, I, I definitely am. It's kind of fun seeing how dark they were willing to go with the character. Oh, and yeah. they definitely hit the mark. They definitely did. And you know what? I've always been a fan. So for anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.